a lesson from the letter of St. Paul the Apostle to the Colossians. Brethren, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, lowliness, meekness, and patience, forbearing one another, and, if one is a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And, above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Continuation of the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When Jesus was twelve years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in the temple. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the company, they went a day's journey, and saw him among their kinsfolk and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, seeking him. After three days they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when they saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been looking for you anxiously. And he said to them, How is it that you sought me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the same which he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. The saving words of the gospel. Today we have the Feast of the Holy Family, and we usually consider the Holy Family to be Jesus with Mary and Joseph, but I think we have to have an ex a more expansive view of family, of holy family, uh, and also in reference uh, to ourselves. Um, the Feast is meant to teach us something about the, uh, as the Colic says, the ineffable, the unspeakable virtues with which Christ himself endowed the family. And so that's intended for us. We are intended to be part of this. And I am mindful of one of those of this, these moments when the Lord himself during his earthly ministry is trying to teach people how not to have an earthly relationship, a merely earthly relationship with him, but a, a different kind of relationship, even as he's trying to separate himself from his earthly family, not in a harsh way or a cruel way or anything like that, but because he has this role and because he's a divine person and not just a human person, we, we don't relate to him as just a human person. And he had, he had to also help people understand that. And so there's a, this moment in, in Mark, um, when, uh, Mark 3, when uh, the disciples come in and say, hey, your mother and your, your kinsfolk are outside uh, asking for you. And he says to them, who is my you know, who is my mother? Who are my brethren? 
and he looks around at the people and he says, whoever does the will of God, these people here, whoever does the will of God, these are my brother and my sister and my mother. And so it's a, from the words of the Lord himself, we have a notion of an expansion of the holy family right there. When he talks about, uh, when he teaches us that we are adopted sons and daughters of the Father, the common Father, is expanding the notion of the holy family. And so we have to understand that how this feast relates to us and what it can mean for us and then how we participate in that family. Well, we have strong evidence uh, in two directions for how to participate in the family. And one of them, you know, Paul is talking to the Colossians. And I would urge you maybe later in the day to sit down with Colossians and, and he gives practical advice about how people should, should get along and treat each other. He starts here, um, forgiving one another. Oh, golly. <laughs> forgiving one another. This is one of, this is, you know, when the Lord taught his disciples the Lord's Prayer, what we call the Lord's Prayer now, there's only one thing that he went back and explained in it, the need to forgive. If you don't, if you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. I'm just going to say that one more time. If you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. And so, and then Paul pushes this uh, also to the Colossians. He says, as the Lord has forgiven you, you also must forgive for bearing with each other, forgiving one another. Boy, this is at the, just at the heart of so many um, uh, difficulties and so forth that, that can arise in uh, not only the familial setting, but in every other setting, whether it's work or you know, out and around, or, you know, even... In the, you know the stupid parts of the day like getting irritated with with driving or something we have to be forbearing and we have to be forgiving and the key to that Paul then goes on and starts talking about the peace of Christ ruling in your heart you know if you if you if you don't have peace of Christ in your heart then you have to look for the reasons why you know for example if a person is not um, evidencing the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit uh, manifestly in, in what he does and, uh, and says, well, then one has to question, does he have to be indwelling of the Holy Spirit? I mean, what what's inside comes out. And so, um, if the peace of Christ is ruling your heart, then you're going to be, you're going to tend to do what Paul is talking about in here. He's going to be, you're going to be forgiving. You're going to admonish and help one another and sing psalms and, and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your heart and so forth. Whatever you do in word and deed, he says, do everything in the, in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God through him. And so when he talks about um, all these things that we must do, he says, above all of these things, put on love. The word that he's using here is caritas. It's, you know, it's charity. And that means sacrificial love. That what we do must be rooted in the good of the other. That's the essence of, of that sort of love. Sacrificial love is always looking for the good of the other. Not your own immediate good. Not your own immediate desire once or, or whatever. But also being willing to sacrifice even greatly. Even making great sacrifice for the true good of the other, not necessarily the good that you want to have for that person because you want to have it. 
turning your own desire into a projection of good onto the other person. So you have to really take careful assessment, being rooted in the truth, being rooted in justice, being rooted in mercy, and, and, and looking very carefully and being realistic, uh, looking what the true good of the other is, and then if necessary, making the sacrifices that have to be made for that person's sake. Um, and so it's, I think, really, really important to, to take into consideration um, those qualities of family that must inform our dealings with, basically, with everybody. Um, you know, it might sound, you know, uh, cliche to say we are all part of one big human family. But it's true, isn't it, really? Um, we stop to consider that the first holy family, Adam and Eve, fell in the original sin. Our first parents, the first family, fell. And in them, the entire human race fell. That's why we, members of the human race, can be guilty of the sin of our first parents. Because it wasn't just the holy family that fell, the first, the first family that fell. It was the entire human race that fell. And so that fact of our fallen nature demonstrates the kind of unity, unity that we all have with each other. Um, when, we, uh, when we sin, we hurt everybody. Uh, when we turn around, convert, get up, and do virtuous things, we help everybody. It's the idea, the old idea that a rising tide raises all boats, whether or not the boat is humble or you know like a little dinghy or something, or whether it's an aircraft carrier. The tide rise when the tide rises, um, all the boats rise. So we, our our actions affect one another, and so um, out of a sense of collective and social responsibility, we have to be upright in our lives. And we have to be true and good in our dealings with others. And so this is a, these are things that we can ponder. Um, the, our Blessed Mother, uh, Mary, she pondered things in her heart, didn't she? Or even, this is, one of those, this is one of those moments in here where we get something about the interior life of, of Mary. His mother kept all these things in her heart. The last time that we were at the temple, uh, she was given something, the prophecy of Simeon, about how a sword would pierce her heart. And she treasured those things in her heart, too. When the angel came to her at the Annunciation, she pondered those things in her heart. Each time something like this, these things happen, she doesn't immediately react, like not a knee-jerk reaction. What does she do? She treasures the things up. She ponders them. She weighs them in her heart. Ponder comes from the Latin word pondus, which means weight. So she weighs them. She puts them in the, in the scale. She examines them. She thinks about them, looks at them from this angle and that angle. She takes time to consider them well, rather than making a knee-jerk reaction. And so this is a, yet another thing that we can learn from her, uh, especially in our dealing with others, not to make instant or knee-jerk reactions of something startle us, startles us, or takes us by surprise, and usually those could be negative things I'm talking about, um, rather than have a, an instant reaction 
of anger or surprise, we can school ourselves to just be calm, uh, breathe, um, above all, keep our mouths shut. <laughs> how many, I don't know, how many thousands of times I've, I've said in the confessional, how many sins could we avoid if we would just keep our mouths shut? And um, this, is, uh, this is an object lesson. Our Blessed Mother um, takes, all, takes the things in and she ponders them. And so let us ask the help today of the immediate, um, uh, shall we say, small-scale, even though they're greater than everything we can imagine, small-scale Holy Family of, of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, to um, collectively uh, guide us and help us uh, and continue to provide a good example for us, perhaps um, uh, asking God with graces, special graces for us in moments of need to inspire us to pause, uh, to be calm, uh, to have good insights and the willingness to see what the true good of another person is and then the willingness, uh, courage, even uh, in the face of, of potential suffering, uh, to seek that which is truly the good of others. Domino, Subiscum, Oremus. To lend Jesus parentheses in Jerusalem, with sister and Deum Domino, 